Do you want to start or will I start? You start. Right, Grand, I'll start. Welcome to the Tank Cat Full Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Martin. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Can't start off the first podcast with me acting the wallet. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, we're going to have lots of great stuff for the outros. Welcome to the Tank Half Full Podcast. My name is Murph. I'm one of your hosts. Along with my colleague and amigo, Decoiler, and we're going to be bringing you through a podcast, talking all things motorcycling, traveling, crazy stuff in between. Tyler, how, how have you been this week, man? Yeah, it's been a week. It's definitely been seven days since we last spoke. Um, <laughs> Seven days in a blissful lockdown where you question all your life choices the whole way through every single day. To right. Wake up oh. And do it all again. So, so that's pretty much feel? what it's been. <laughs> right, right, right. And did you like the week? <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? I had some ups. I had some, I wouldn't say downs. There was some not so great Which points, but um, some levels. Would you? Need some ups yeah. and levers. I mean, in the scale, like in the scale of lockdown life, uh, based off the last year, it wasn't one of the worst weeks. Put it that way. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good to hear. Well, I'm they, obviously you're still in lockdown. We're all still in lockdown. You guys listening to this at home are still locked down, I would imagine. Um, so there's no work going on. Well, I work from home, but um, there's not really been a lot of um, motorcycle work going on this week. Um, it's snowing right now in England. Uh, mm-hmm. the roads are, there's about six inches of snow on the road outside my front door right now. So um, the week for me has been a week of... I can't wait for it to be the spring again. Yeah. Put it that way. So um, so everyone's locked down here as well. The weather is like subarctic. I don't know what that is, but whatever subarctic is, whatever's colder than the Arctic, that's what it is here right now. And um, yeah, yeah, positivity is bursting through, as you can see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, like, what you're talking about about having to spend so much time in the house and stuff like that and obviously i'm not planning on having to deal with coronavirus for the rest of my life i think the thoughts of that will be just devastating <laughs> to the psyche but like obviously well not obviously but we're looking at buying a house sometime soon and and for me it's kind of like highlighted the things that i absolutely need it, wherever i'm going to stay forever there's certain things that I'm going to need in order to be able to be happy there. One of them, two two things, and one of them only dawned on me in the last week, where <laughs> I was just like, you know what, if you're going to spend so much money on something, and I'm sure a lot of people would be like, what a fucking dick. I know what it but is. I know what it is. You, well, you don't, well, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I do. No, I, I, I absolutely know what it is. I, I can see your little face sitting there, smiling, going, 
Oh, he's never going to guess it. But I know what it is, Tyler. I, no, I don't know if you do know. I do, I do 100%. It's, it's going to be a very luxurious bathroom yeah. with a big yes. fucking massive, like, jacuzzi, like, jacuzzi-ass bath. Like, because did you ever go to, like, a resort, right, and you get in and there's, like, really hot water and jacuzzi bubbles and all the rest, and you just completely zen out and there's like splashes of water in your face and you're just <laughs> super relaxed and you're like yeah why don't i do stuff like this more often and then like the other day i was out for a run and it was just one of the yeah. thoughts that came to my head it was just like the, the cost of houses in i don't know what the cost of houses is in england but like in ireland the cost of houses is astronomical in. right now i'm not saying that you can have this luxury eight foot deep jacuzzi spa that you you know you get at a five-star hotel but you can sure as shit put a big ass like hot tub in your bathroom and then also one of those really wide high pressured showers that just would literally peel half your scalp off when you're standing <laughs> underneath it i'm like there are two things that i absolutely have to have um and if that means like sacrificing like a child's bedroom i'm i'm all right with that um and obviously the other thing then is a workspace for for like number one just doing whatever shit i want to do like whether it's like building fucking lamps or fucking <laughs> coffee tables or whatever and i'm no carpenter but just it's nice to <coughs> i found the last two years that when i do actually manage to relax and enjoy stuff it's uh stuff that i'm not good at but i just turn a hand to it and just try it yeah. out um i find i enjoy that so a workspace but big enough obviously to be able to get bikes in and maybe have a bike ramp in it uh to be able to like basically do what i ever do whatever i need to do on the bikes have a workspace a bench set up to be able to get shit done and then you know after a stressful day at work then just come home to the fucking jacuzzi like that just <laughs> Yeah, I find I finally basically it justified buying a house in in my own head. It's taken me like a, a crazy amount longer than than most people, but I'm like, if I can have them things, then I don't mind doing it. Yeah, man. Well, you know what I was gonna say, and I was not. I swear to God, I was gonna say this, and I was not that far off it. What you said. <laughs> you said at the start of this, oh, it was just a really luxurious thing that I've only just realised I really wanted. Right. And I was going to say, funny enough, also in a bathroom, but I was going to say one of those sexy Japanese toilets with all those sprinklers. <laughs> I was like, Tyler's going to go full, <laughs> full cleaning. Like, oh, want, Jesus. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to go with. I did. I was like, he's going to go with one of those Japanese toilets. Play his music, <laughs> the whole thing. Rainbow uh, shooting. Well, you, you weren't far off. You weren't far off. I used to say you won't get one now that I put the idea in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll put that on the list too. Maybe I'll put one of them in the shed or in the in the bike garage.
the sponsors with a whopper a week or something, I'd be alright with that. Listen, I take Hill Brennan. Give us an old slice of toast a week. <laughs> <I'll be happy. laughs> um, yeah, so part two of the podcast, we were just going to talk about bad weather riding um, and stories involving it. Now, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast at some point has ridden a bike in bad weather. And I'd say when I said bad weather riding, a lot of people shuddered. It went, oh, no, the thoughts of it. Just, oh, down the neck, down the back, right down between the shoulder blades. And you know when that wet cold gets into you, there's no getting rid of the wet cold. <laughs> now, not to discourage people from riding bikes, right? But it's not always bad. It's not all awful. Um, but every now and again, you'll take off in the morning. You'll get up, ah, oh, fresh start of the day, lovely morning, blue skies. And you'll head out on your bike for a spin. And on the way home, you'll get caught in a snowstorm or some kind of hail. And you'll be like, God damn it. So even on the best days, you can get caught out. Well, the best Irish days, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, I'm starting to believe, like, if you live, you know, anywhere outside of California or, like, Italy, or Spain, I think owning a bike is like madness because the weather is never predictable enough. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. <clears throat> I mean, it must be wild living in Spain, like just being like every day, just going out and getting on your bike, just, you know, not even worried about the weather, you know. It must be amazing. Absolutely amazing. But the yeah, only thing, you, the only thing that drives me mad with with seeing these countries that have like really really nice weather is when you see people riding bikes in like shorts and canvas shoes and t-shirts. Oh, I'm sorry. They've got like like open face helmets and stuff like that, and I'm like, listen, I know you're warm enough. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That sun is not going to help you when you come off the bike. You know, and the like, heat doesn't and, keep all your organs in your body, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I know, I know they're, they're coming on leaps and bounds with the, you know, the technology of the liners and jackets now for like air ventilation systems. And uh, there's even white jackets out with like cooler packs and all the rest. But, you know, for as nice as those countries are and, um, and uh, for like as, as amazing it must be to ride a bike. I mean, if you want to be wearing a t-shirt and shorts, just rent out a convertible or something. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which it, like I mean, it does. It, like, look, it sucks. Like, could you imagine the lads in the MotoGP? Um, you know, when it's like thirty plus degrees, having to race in that heat. Yeah. Uh, in the in the full letters, like you can see it, yeah. and you can see it in the sockets of their eyes by the time the race is <laughs> over. Like, the, like parts of their soul have come out from the heat. But uh, yeah. it's a must. And like, <clears throat> look, I've been I've been guilty before of like you know driving to the shop or whatever, driving to the shops, um, just wearing runners on the bike. Um, but I'll still have you know my my jacket, my gloves, and my helmet or whatever. So basically, if I come off, my lower half will be ruined and I'll still hopefully have my top half. Um, You'll maintain your good looks. <laughs> the, all yeah. the money stuff, all the money stuff will be reserved. Yeah, but I, and like and people would rightfully say that you should wear like the best gear that you have at your disposal anytime you're on the bike. Um, for short trips, you're always going to be tempted to just go out and just jump on the bike. 
with just your jacket and your helmet to just fly over to the shops or whatever. And and hopefully, that's hopefully, good point fuck, on that, you'll never, you'll never, you know, get caught out because you know that's just the worst nightmare ever. But um, yeah. sorry, no, but as you were going to say. No, no, I was just going to say a good point there you made where like the, just the temptation of just you know if it's a short tri- uh, trip, just not to bother. And I was in an accident, and that exactly what happened to me. I was a short trip. I didn't bother, and I ended up regretting it. And that's the long and the short of it. We'll just leave it there, mm-hmm. right? I just grabbed what was convenient, and if I had got my proper bike gear, I probably wouldn't have suffered the injuries I did. Okay, it's as simple as that. All right. Now, like well, you said, if you had taken the time to put the gear on, that car probably wouldn't have been there by the time you got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That as well. Many, 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 many things that we could take in. Like I said, you can't really say that because there was so many yeah. <laughs> accidents. So. Yeah. What I would what I would say is, um, companies have come on. Bike companies have come on. A lot of companies have come, have, have come forward now, and they make clothes designed for riding on bikes that is more casual. Now, yeah. some of it has armor in them, and then other stuff is removable. You can take like the hip protection and stuff out of the and the knee protection out of the jeans and stuff. So they do <laughs> actually fit like comfortable jeans, and they do have like more durable like stitching around the knees and areas so even if you come off you know hopefully between the double stitching and the protection you get as much protection as you could have outside yeah the kevlar um bottoms and stuff seem to be like super high durable um yeah skid protection and stuff yeah now now i agree with you a thousand percent right i would never get on a motorbike ever i just like i can't underline this enough I would never get on a motorbike without at least jeans on. Okay. I think people that get on bikes with tracksuit bottoms on or shorts are lunatics. If you have in the mm. past and you're listening to this and you're laughing along at this going, Jesus, those two guys are a pair of pussies. That's fine. I am a pussy. I'm happy to admit that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but in all seriousness, right. When you're talking about like just jumping on and going for a quick spin around the corner or whatever, just put just put jeans on, man. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you I, I don't want this podcast to turn into like crash and burn safety course, but <laughs> Jesus, like you might as well be sitting on the bike. What I'm trying to say to you is, if you're not gonna bother putting on at least a pair of jeans and a pair of decent runners, like something. You might as well be getting on the bike naked. If you come off, you're... Yeah, well, I mean, look, I I came off a very, very, very low speed on an RVF. Um, there was just slick all over the back wheel. Uh, I had literally just pulled out of a, a car park, and I'd say I had driven maybe like 30 feet. I'd say I was probably doing like 30 or 40 kilometers an hour max. And a woman stepped out from behind the car. She basically looked one way, stepped out, hadn't seen me coming. I went on the brakes, didn't jam on because I, ha- I I had enough space between me and her to actually be able to just slow down so she could step back in. But um, the back wheel basically just slipped out um, and I went down on, on the right side and I was instantly just concerned about the bike. I was just yeah, like, I'm yeah, grand, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I stood up um, 
the the um, right hand uh, footrest had snapped off. There was a scuff on one of the panels, and the 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 very end of the um, the front brake lever uh, had snapped. Um, but I pushed the bike over to the side of the road. The whole right knee of my jeans was just gone, and my knee was just burnt to shit. Right, and the I was wearing a pair of canvas shoes at the time, and <laughs> this is this is probably going back like eight or nine years ago now. But um, the whole toe of the shoe and the rubber was just like it was like you just <laughs> fucked it into a wood chipper. And like this was a seriously low, low speed, like just you know, I slid maybe like five feet max, ten feet, like, and uh my right toe was just scorched. And, I think it's uh, I think it's something it, like you lose an inch of skin for every foot you slide or something like that. It's something yeah. horrific, like you're basically just flailing yourself down the road. Yeah, and like I just, I just that was the one time where I was just like, Jesus Christ, that really put things into perspective for me. Like you know, like let's say you're on a fucking dual carriageway doing eighty kilometers an hour, you're not wearing the proper bike gear, and something happens and you come off. Yeah, if you're if you're not dead, you're going to be in agony, just yeah. from burns, just from burns and, <laughs> and, and, and cuts like um yeah. and Broken bruises hands, like it, fingers. It, it, it'll it'll fuck you up, um. I don't have a good pair of bike bottoms. I do have a pair of bike bottoms, um, armored ones. They're Buffalo, whatever brand. Uh, they're not great. Like they were supposed to be waterproof, and like the second time that I wore them in water, I was like, "Why? Why is my balls wet?" <laughs> right. So yeah. what you're saying here is we can confirm that Buffalo pants. No, <laughs> that we shouldn't say that because we, we get lawsuits are coming. Just be be wary, be wary. Maybe that, next that, week that, sponsor. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, somewhere listening to the podcast out there, it's like that tank half full. That first podcast was very good. Email them <laughs> yeah. about advertisement. It's like episode yeah. two. Uh, but um, I don't have a good pair. But any of the the uh, bike trousers that I've ever had before, I've never found them to be in any way comfortable. Um and. I, I certainly haven't come across anything that I would consider a convenient pair of bike bottoms where you can literally just throw them on like a pair of jeans. I'm sure <laughs> there's some want, out there. What you want is I'm, like Sean Michael ripoffs. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, now, I'm sure there's some out there uh, that are, are convenient and, um, you know, highly durable and, you know, skid resistant and and all the rest it's i just need marked. to do a little yeah yeah i just need to do some 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 research on them because it's it is the one thing that i i, I do realistically need to get into the bike gear um wardrobe I, like as far as jackets and stuff like that are concerned you know the first time that i spent good money on a bike jacket uh i was just like oh well i can never go back to wearing cheap bike jackets again because the difference was so measurable um, that I was just like, I, I absolutely feel much more secure uh, wearing wearing this jacket. And also, you know, the quality of the jacket allowed me to be able to wear it in summer and winter. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and, you know, being an all year round kind of jacket, um, that for me, like, justified the price of it and stuff. 
you know, it wasn't overly crazy expensive. I think it was about 350 euro, so probably like 320 pound or 310 pound or something like that. I don't know what the ex- the exchange rate is now. Um, and but it's a uh, what was the do you, what was the make of it, daughter? I was just Fjord, thinking maybe it was, get a, uh, it was a Furigan Titan Evo. Um, so it's a textile jacket, waterproof, um, double lined, removable back protector. Um, sounds sounds good, man. Yeah, it's got. I don't know if they're titanium, uh, but elbow pads, uh, shoulder guards, um, and then they have the the lining in the inside where you can put in, you know, like your kidney protectors and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's a joke there somewhere, daughter. Yeah, I mean, I think when you really start getting into it, it starts to get a little bit grim. You're almost like anticipating needing kidney protection on one stage. <laughs> and like, look, we know people, we, like we, both of us know through various degrees of separation, people who've had horrendous accidents and stuff like that. And I do, I do see the need for them. Um, but I think it's just a matter of just, you know, not thinking about it, but also making sure that you have it. Yeah, um, more 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 of positive, optimistic thinking, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah for thinking sure. Thinking positive, thinking positive, and and being optimistic. So, Tyler, um, <clears throat> your 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 jacket that you were just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, throwing an idea out there. Um, you're looking at a new jacket, are you? Mm. Right. Well, I also got a new jacket. I only got a new jacket, right? So I'm not in the market for um, a new jacket at the moment, but I'm also in the market for uh, new bottoms, okay? I've got mm-hmm. bike bottoms. They're, they are pretty good, but they're old now. They're still waterproof, but mm-hmm. the winter lining on the inside of them is starting to go now, the the little buttons to hold it all in place um, because it's removable inner lining, which is yeah. also very important when you're, when you're, when you're driving in the, in the winter, bad weather. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. If you are looking at gear, recommended gear, and again, you know, Dyler, I'm sure will put up links and stuff, reviews to gear um, that he's looking at on the site. But it is super important to wear warm gear when you're riding. Okay. And it's not, you, you might think it's just, oh, look, it's 350 quid for a pair of, or like a bike jacket, or it's 150 quid or 200 quid for those pair of, Alpine star trousers, but this pair of like an 80 pound little vouch, I shouldn't say little, but you know, like some, you know, no, 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 but I'm what I'm trying to say is, you know, the way sometimes like little TK Maxx, yeah, um, Aldi, these stores will, will they'll have these promos on in the middle of the year and they'll just be like, here's some like outdoor bike wear, you know, and you'll be like, mm. that's really not good gear, you know, yeah. it's it's it, it's it's okay during the summer. But do not rely on that in the winter because it won't yeah, be waterproof. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, like, look, we we've gone through the various degrees of bike gear, and like, I certainly haven't hit the upper echelon of of top of the range bike gear. You know, like a thousand euro jacket and a fucking no, no, fifteen hundred no, no. euro helmet and stuff like that. I'm much more like kind of mid range stuff where I know the quality is there, and I yeah, don't want to for it. But I, at the same time, I can't afford to spend or justify 1500 euros on a helmet that is going to need to be replaced at the same uh, plus it, it, it's not like it's offering you a better crash resi- like 
once you get to a certain point of mid-range helmets, the crash protection is is measurable to the same as some of the super like lightweight 1500 euro helmets. So I'm like, I need the quality. I don't need the flashiness and I don't need it to be made out of carbon fiber and this, that and the other. No, um, like the, the, those those thousand dollar helmets or Euro helmets, like they are specifically engineered for GP riders and they're engineered to such a high level because it's for insurance reasons. The insurance companies mm. need to know every single element of data in that helmet. So they have to be made to absolutely ridiculous specifications for Grand Prix drivers. Now, unless you plan on driving down to the shops and back doing 120 mile an hour, cornering <laughs> at 120 mile an hour, you don't need to be wearing a helmet like that. And what I'm trying to say, man, is I'm on the same wavelength as you, 100%, but just for people listening, there is a difference between a 300 pound helmet and an 80 pound helmet is a, or any bike gear. Oh yeah. Any bike gear. Oh, yeah. The difference between an 80 pound helmet and a 300 pound helmet is absolutely light years different than the difference of 300 to a 1500 euro helmet. Mm. The 15 to 300 is ridiculous. Okay. There's minute details there. Like Dollar was saying, very small differences. The cheap stuff. These are just examples of prices, by the way. So nobody be like, well, I just got a, 300 euro helmet and a thousand euro helmet and there's actually a massive difference like fuck off right (laughs) it all it all depends it all depends on your examples like like every point that me and dialer make if you wanted even i could do it you could tear it apart for inaccuracies Mm. but we're talking about circumstance here i'm talking to people who were in the same boat as i am so your amateur motorcyclists that just like getting out and just riding your bike you know, when it's nice out or if you're going on bike trips or whatever. Yeah. So that's that all of anytime I'm recommending stuff, I'm talking about that type of rider because that's the way I am. Yeah. So I think uh, I think this would be the first time that I would have recommended it on this podcast. I definitely spoke to you before. There's a YouTube channel, um, Canadian guy called. Uh, well, the channel is called Fort Nine. I think the main yeah. guy's name is Ryan. Um, yeah. Again, we'll put but, the link in the in the show notes yeah he did a great um he did he's done a series of videos on on helmets and uh compared like what you're getting in the different price ranges so from like entry level helmets to gp like you know an agv pista or whatever um and he's also done uh stress tests on helmets dropping them on the floor and then opening them up to see what kind of damage was done Awesome. Um, has a has a foam compressed all that kind of stuff uh which i found really 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 interesting um so yeah i would definitely recommend checking that video out because it, you know it puts it puts some things in perspective in regard to helmets and stuff well i suppose one thing that i would say in regards to uh bike gear is even if you're willing to spend a lot of money sometimes you're you're buying something which technically is brilliant but mightn't fit you well. And that's the problem that I've had with bike bottoms the whole time. Yeah. I can get yeah. a jacket to fit me well. Um, you know, once I'm not being a fat pig, uh, once I'm, like, <laughs> you know, in moderate shape, I can get jackets to fit me really nicely. You could really feel um, the venom in that statement, couldn't you? Yeah. Like he said that with real venom. Like, yeah. Like, when I'm not being a fat bastard. <laughs> ah! <laughs> but, um, 
you can spend a shitload of money on something. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be comfortable on you. And Absolutely. from my own personal experience, if something isn't comfortable, you're more than likely not going to use it all the time. You're going to be like, oh, no, I'm just going to do a short little trip. I'm not bothering wearing that. I'll be grand without it or whatever. Whereas for that if, is, you, if you actually do, if you do a little bit of like, you know, shopping around and, and trying stuff on and get something that you genuinely like, like the feel of fits well, um, nice and comfortable, doesn't fucking weigh you down. Like Jesus Christ, the last pair of bike bottoms that I had, they were constantly just falling down around the arse. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to have to get fucking dungarees for these things. Like, they're absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, or like after a while, knee pads starting to fucking sag and just feels really uncomfortable when you're walking around and stuff like that. If you're not if you're not happy with the fit of something, you're way less likely to actually use it all the time, which completely yeah, defeats the purpose of buying it in the first place. Or, you know, I used to have a fucking Fjordigan race suit, um, <laughs> which... <laughs> you know, looking back now, I was like a Power Ranger for no reason whatsoever. But, you know, that that's when I was just like, I need to have the best gear. And I really didn't um, at the time. Um, and like, but you Oxnard, did, but you did race look, look like and, sexy Flanders. So it was worth it. Yeah. In the end. I mean, it was such a good race with the Kirk wore it. My brother, he wore it to um, a fancy dress one night. He just dressed up as a fucking racer or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like a fucking Power Ranger, though. But um, no, when you when you do have good bike gear, it makes riding, especially long rides, all the more enjoyable. Um, yes. If you've got if you've got shit gear or no gear, it's it's a different experience altogether. Plus, and that, the amount of times you know, like you can't trust the weather either. Even if you're looking at it from a point of view of you're never going to crash, <laughs> the weather is so unpredictable that you can go out and the sun is splitting the trees, and 25 minutes later you are soaked to the fucking bone in Ireland, and yeah. that has happened to me before. So yeah. many um, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's actually it's 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 funny um, because that's kind of part of what I, I suppose I was leaning towards more away from the accident side of thing. Although that's why you should wear it, but there's also another element to why you should wear it, which is when you're on a bike and you're wearing the right gear, the right gear that fits you. Okay, and like I was saying about my bike jacket, it was it was the right bike gear, but it didn't fit me. Okay, mm. so it, it annoyed me and it distracted me from enjoying my ride. Okay, mm. now <clears throat> my birthday just gone during the summer. Um, Claire, my partner, got me a new bike jacket <clears throat> and it's absolutely amazing. It's incredible. I've never been so happy with a present in my life. I told her it was too much, um, but it fits me absolutely perfectly. And it's like a really, I can't remember the name of it, of the brand of it off the top of my head now. But I'll, I'll try and find a link to it online. I'll put it in the show notes. But it fits me absolutely perfectly. It's got proper Kevlar in all the right places. It's exactly the exactly the same quality as the Fjordigan one, except this fits mm. me. And the difference yeah. in every time I go, I put this jacket on when I got on my electric scooter, just going down to the five minutes down the road to just get bread and milk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because this thing is so comfortable and warm. And if I was to have a tumble on a, on a bike, at least I know I'll be fine. I'm just going to roll off the ground, you know? <laughs> um, so it's, it, and it also, and this is the whole point, I suppose, if I ever fucking get to it, when you're riding your bike, you're warm, you're dry, or else you're cold or cool and dry. 
But the thing about it is you're comfortable. And when you're comfortable, you're able to concentrate on the drive and enjoy the drive. When you're miserable and some of the worst rides I've ever had in my life, speaking of Ireland and the rain, I've got a lovely mm-hmm. little story for you. Um, was riding in the rain. Or, or, or even worse, after the rain, when, you'd, when you've been on your bike for an hour, you've gone through an hour of rain, you come out the other side and the sun starts to set and it starts getting cold. So now you've got the double whammy of being frozen cold and soaking wet. And riding a bike in those conditions is absolutely miserable. So yeah, my advice to everybody, everybody, and I wish to God someone had told me this when I was starting off, especially when I was going further afield, okay? If you're only going to local commutes, half an hour, an hour, you're grand. You're all right. Mm-hmm. You get in a bit of rain, you just come home, you dry off. It's fine. You don't have to worry. But when you're going further afield, a few hours away, having some food at a cafe or something and a few hour drive back, especially if it's in the evening times, there's nothing worse um, than being cold and wet. Um, yeah. because it, because you, you have to focus and especially when the sunlight starts going down you have to focus on on all your concentration on on riding while you're miserable cold and so your mind keeps trying to drag your attention back to how cold you are like yeah. oh my back is so sore my shoulders are so sore like your mind is constantly trying to tell you how miserable you are and all you ha- all you're trying to do is just focus one mile at a time till I get yeah. home and it becomes an exhausting mental exercise, okay? So that's why when you get home on a bad day, when the weather's been bad and you get home, you feel tired. You're like, oh, man, that drive home was tired. It was, because you've just been concentrating through it all. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's why I think it's so important to wear comfortable, warm gear because it makes the joy, the ride more enjoyable. Even in, a, in an evening riding home, if it's bucketing down rain, if you're wearing warm bike gear, you're not in it. You might as well be sitting in your car. You know what I mean? Like, you're just, you're in the warm environment. So... Yeah, well, that is the difference that investing in good waterproof gear gives yeah. you, you know? And, like, obviously, we've been on, we've been on trips before. Well, I haven't been on this specific trip, but I know, you know, there was a trip where you... And two of the other lads went off on bikes and uh, one of the lads, an absolute legend killer of a man, had <laughs> all like brand new Gore-Tex gear. And um, you had a good jacket at the time, but I don't think you had good bottoms. And then the other lad basically had low end, like budget <laughs> bike gear. And I can only imagine the difference, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it was like Top Gear esque. If we if, if we only you know, had it been able to film it, B and B like when you're going into the B and B, uh, and Harry Cloud is, <laughs> is still lovely and cozy on the inside, and you know ready to just roll into bed. And um, Juggins was soaked to the fucking bone, just miserable as as that. And like it was on on the same white trip. This is the same bike trip um, that we went on. It was it was it was a funny affair, but yeah, what you're saying it, it was it was a day that started off wet and cold, and we we had a plan. We had a completely different plan for this day. We were supposed to go somewhere else in the country, 
I think we were supposed to go to the Morn Mountains because there was a a a park, a heritage park there where you could actually camp. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, people out there listening, um, the Morn Mountains is in the northern part of Ireland. Um, and it's where they filmed uh, a lot of Game of Thrones stuff up and around mm -hmm. that area, right? So it's a very scenic, just to give people an idea, because people might go, the Morn Mountains, why would they want to drive there, right? So yeah. it's a very scenic part of the country, so much so that they filmed Game of Thrones there. We started off um, from another county in Ireland called Kells, or sorry, Mead, and a place called Kells. And it was damp and wet anyway, but we all got on the bike and and... One of our friends, like the, uh, like uh, Dyler said, had, had all the best, like Gore-Tex gear, bike gear, boots, bottoms, jacket. His camping gear was like, he borrowed from a friend of his that like does like proper literal mountaineering exploring. Like this stuff is rated to go like high up in mountains, right? So it's like cold protected, right? He has all this great gear all loaded up on his bike. Right, which ironically, I and I now end up owned that bike. I ended up buying that bike off him. Yeah, but he's all this gear ready to go, and he gets on his bike, and he looks like so. He looks like a movie star, right? He walks out in the morning with his helmet in his hand, big smile on his face, hair billowing in the wind, big smile, big Tom Cruise smile on him. He's like, "Morning, lads!" Right, big smile, and we we're after having a funny night the night before. Dave is like ready to go. Me and Gar are a little bit more worse for wear, hungover. Like you said, I had some, I actually had bike bottoms and boots and gloves and a helmet. The only thing I didn't have was a bike jacket and Dave lent, or Dave lent me one. Okay. Mm. But it didn't quite fit me. Okay. It was a little bit too small. But I had good gear, but my camping equipment was terrible. Okay. Mm. And our other, <laughs> And poor Juggins, our, our other poor, sorry friend, he had no good gear, an awful bike that was giving him problems. It just had no power in it at all. It was just at one stage pulling away from a set of traffic lights, the, the fucking chain nearly came off the back sprocket. He, it was just, this thing was like chitty chitty bang bang. Like at the end of the bike trip, <laughs> we should have just taken that out behind the shed and shot it. Like it was just, it was an awful thing, right? Now, I just wish we had been doing this podcast back then because if we'd have filmed what happened to us on that bike trip, nobody would have believed this. They would have thought we were trying to just copy Top Gear or you know, whatever. Like, oh, there's no way. I, some of the stuff that happened to us on that trip were just ridiculous. And one of those things was, speaking of not having the right gear and driving in the rain, we left Kells. Gary was wearing... It was probably a tarp. If he had a, like wrapped a tarp around them and <laughs> and got on the bike, he would have been drier. But he had bought Oxford panniers and a tank bag for his bike before the trip. Yeah. And because this was a two week bike trip. So we, we were bringing clothes with us. And Gary had bought these Oxford panniers. And on these Oxford panniers, they had storm shield covers. So the idea yeah. was you put all your stuff in the panniers. Ironically, I ended up buying these panniers as well, by the way, but I didn't have this problem. Gary did. Yeah. So Gary puts all his clothes in the panniers. He puts 
the uh, panniers on the back of the bike, right? Puts the storm shield protective covers over the Oxford panniers on both sides, right? Yeah. Puts the tank bag on the tank and we set off in the morning. And from about five minutes after we set off, it starts raining. And in mm. Ireland, rain comes down in big sheets of rain, like big waves of rain, right? Yeah. And it was coming down in waves. And I and it comes sideways, so you can't even yeah. stand under trees. Yeah, so it comes underneath your neck and everything. So it does eventually, it doesn't matter how good your gear is, it will find a seam and it will start trickling in, right? Especially on a day like today. And my jacket was too small for me, like I said. So the water was just pissing down my back, right? I was soaked, right? <clears throat> so much so that the water went down my back, down the crack of my ass. <laughs> and uh, I was basically just sat there in a wet nappy for hours that day, <laughs> right? So Gary behind me was was on a cruiser bike at the time, and he had no... <laughs> he had like a pair of rain bottoms that you just buy you know two pound rain bottoms yeah. off the shelf right they're like literally, yeah. you wouldn't even put them on walking to the shop right if it was raining outside because it wouldn't be worth the hassle you just go in your yeah. jeans right so anyway gary has these bottoms on and they pull water right over his crotch as he's driving <laughs> so so it's acting as a reservoir it's not even just allowing the, the water yeah <laughs> yeah so, so <laughs> he is utterly miserable by the time we stop, right? Now, we try and stop off in Yuri, which is the nearest town that we could go to, because we've abandoned any idea of camping out and that. We'd never get any of the tents up or anything, right? So we try to find a B&B or a, or a hotel that would take us in, right? Last minute. So we find one not far from where we are. We stop off. We have a bite to eat. We walk into this cafe, this poor woman's cafe. We walk in and we ruin the place. Like the water just running off our clothes. There's like puddles of water everywhere we've walked and stood in this cafe. Right? Yeah. And by the time we finished eating, there is literally a pool of water around the table we've just sat at. <laughs> like we've wrecked that woman's poor cafe. Yeah. Um, we did apologize profusely when we were leaving and we did all feel mortified about it but um what could you do this is ireland and it was raining um so we go back out we get in the bikes anyway and we head to this this hotel and we pull up outside the hotel lovely beside the lake not that we need more water but it's beside the lake more with more views of water um and we pull up outside and Dave goes in because he was the one who organized it. God bless him. Because he was dry and comfortable, he had the the, the ability to think on the bike trip and go, yeah. I should probably ring a hotel. Meanwhile, back in the other bikes, me and Gary are driving along going, I hate this. I hate this so much. <laughs> oh, God. But that's what happened. Dave was like, when we stopped, Dave was like, I have an idea, lads. And we were just so fucking miserable. We we're like, what is it? How do we get yeah. out of this? And he's like, oh, I was just thinking, we'll ring a uh, thing, see if we can get it. But anyway, he rang, organized it. We pulled up outside. He went in first and uh, comes back outside. And he, and she, and he said, uh, the woman had said she spaces yeah. for us. That's good. Um, we've also asked about secure parking. And she said, we can bring the bikes around the side. So if you want to bring them around the side, and then we can bring all our stuff in then. Grand. So we bring the bikes around the side. And as we're bringing the bikes around the side, because they're going into a garage overnight, we take all our luggage off. 
So I take, I just, I just grab mine and just throw mine off the bike, and I'm sitting down on a little bench, little water, like little seated area. And I, I look down, I'm knacker tired now, so I've got my head in my hands, and I look to the left, and I can see Gary's bike and Gary, and he's at the back of the bike where his panniers are, and he's taking the storm shields off the bike. But as he takes the storm shield off the bike, an almighty amount of water comes out of underneath the plastic. Like it was like if you can imagine filling a basin of water up to the brim and just pouring it out on the ground. That's what it was like to come out of this one pannier. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I just start roaring, laughing. Because there comes a point, a breaking point where you either laugh or cry. And yeah. we had been through the mill that day. And I just couldn't hold myself. I was roaring, laughing. Like I couldn't even get up to help him. And then he <laughs> went around the other side. And the other side was the lower side. Because the other way, there's a kickstand on the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lower side was even worse. And what had happened was, because he was on a cruiser and his tank bags, pannier bags were at the back, they were dangling over the mud, the mud guard like a pair of balls, right? And all the water was kicking up, which was being blocked by his mud guard, was getting kicked up into the storm shield. So his literal panniers were filling with water all day that couldn't go anywhere except be held there. So he basically soaked every stitch of clothes and electronic item he had in those bags. He would have been Amazing. better off just, if he had just taken the panniers off and fucked them in the river. Yeah. It would have been a better off thing. He would have been way better off. His clothes would have been drier because they would have floated on, on, on the storm shield. But he literally filled up the storm shields with water <laughs> and then drove them for hours across the country. Um, it's around worse. But I mean, stuff then, like that will fuck up your trip. You know oh, it did. I mean? like if well, you, it did. If you, like, if you haven't planned for that and your plan is to do a straight shoot over the course of, say, six days where you're going to hit here, there, and everywhere, and then next thing on day two, not only are you absolutely soaked, but you've no dry clothes to get changed into, you literally just have to stop where you are and try yeah. and fix things, and you'll just lose a day. But that's, that, that is literally it. it. It knocked us off course, but that became part of the story and that became part of the trip and the adventure. In in Because like what happened then was the hotel owners, the lovely, lovely people, they took all of Gary's clothes. They felt so sorry for us. That's how bad we looked. They felt so sorry for us. They're like, we'll take all your clothes and we'll we'll dry them in our, in our boiler or heating rooms where they dry all their towels. Look at these you know? failures. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So I had to let, no, man, I had to let Gary a T-shirt because I, I, some of my stuff was wet too, but I, I could just dry it on the room radiators in the hotel. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like, uh, only the stuff that was really at the bottom, right? Yeah. So I go to Gary, here you go, there's a T-shirt, there's some socks, there's some boxers. Have you got boxers? No, of course you don't because everything's in fucking drowned wet. <laughs> so like, there's boxers. So, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm only joking about the boxers thing. I didn't actually want boxers. <laughs> But I was like, there's socks, there's a T-shirt, uh, there, there's a hoodie. And then Dave was like, um, I don't have anything to fit you. Because like Dave back then, like I said, was like he was in pr pristine shape. <laughs> he was like a racehorse. Yeah. He was all just carved and ready to go. And um, so I got to Gar. I don't have anything to fit you, Gar, because I was way, my, I was way... My hips are way narrower than Gary's. How can I say that in a polite way? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I have nothing that even go near your waist, my friend. 
And he's like, fuck. And then Dave goes, I have a pair of shorts I'll lend you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some things you can't unsee. <laughs> <laughs> and the sight of Gary in Dave's shorts is oh, something. That will, that's burned into my retinas. There was one stage when we went for dinner that evening when we came down to have food and where Gary was wearing those shorts. And I was like, Gary, you might not want to open your legs too wide. Just maybe <laughs> keep those knees together, my friend. <laughs> but uh, it was a funny, we, we, we ended up staying in this place for another day because we'd wait for all Gary's stuff to dry and, and we had to figure out like change plans. And But that's part of it. Like that's why like the right gear is so important because like if Gary, if we had had the right bike gear, our bike, our clothes wouldn't have got wet. You know what I mean? We would have been dry. So we wouldn't have been miserable. Like we would have been able to go to a hotel and not be held up an extra day, you know? And you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to look at like your friend's (laughs) compromising section of his body every five minutes. Um, So yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great trip. It was a really, really funny trip. Um, It was just a part of the trip, which, you know, all bike trips are funny in and of themselves, but that one, because of the weather, was particularly hilarious. Um, yeah, it adds to the hilarity. But it does. In another, in another instance, it could have fucked things royally. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thankfully, no one. As long as no one gets hurt and everyone comes home safe, nothing bad ever really happens, does it? You know, it's just a bit of a laugh. It'll make a good story one day. Yeah. And boy, Jesus, do we have some amount of stories, let me tell you. Because <laughs> if you want to know what can go wrong, you're, you are listening to the right podcast. <laughs> and like I said, on that, on, that bike trip, on that bike trip alone, that, just, that, that one two-week trip we went on, people would not have believed the amount of crazy shit that went wrong for us. They would have just thought it was staged. Like I said, my bike blown, my bike, it was that wet my bike literally blew the starter motor right as I was pulling into Limerick City. Almost like I've decided to commit suicide right here. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and I was like, legend, deadly. Does any, and, and by the way, the other two lads uh, didn't realize the starter motor had blown when they pulled away from the traffic lights and didn't look back. <laughs> so I was just left and I had to like, push the bike off the side of the road. Uh, the lads eventually realized I wasn't behind them. They looped back, checked their phones or whatever. Um, and I had to then bump start that bike from Limerick all the way through Clare, Kerry, Cork, Waterford, Wexford, Wicklow, Dublin. Every time that bike, the, the idle dropped and it conked out, it had to be bump started. With, fully loaded up with gear. Amazing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was it was an amazing, and, and then, like I said, Gary nearly lost the chain off the back of his sprocket. If I had a jump to sprocket, he would have been done because we had no tools. I remember like, seeing that chain when you got back, <laughs> and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like I wouldn't have drove the thing to the shops. You you don't want to be you don't want to be taking the bike down off a stand and going straight on a bike trip. But like you know, if you can do it like a week or two before and get you know. 50 to 100 kilometers in before you actually head off on any kind of substantial trip. I think that's the the thing about it is, is, it wasn't Gary's fault. Never had much luck with bikes. Yeah, I will give him that. 
that's what I mean about the bike trips, like filming the bike trips and having a laugh at them. They're just gonna like when we eventually get back to actually doing it, like people will like I'm looking, I cannot wait. I am gonna clip this podcast. And when we start uploading like videos of the of the bike trips that we eventually sometime go on, th- when somebody the first comment that goes, Oh, this is completely set up and staged, this is worse than top gear. I'm gonna just highlight this. I'm gonna link them right back to this clip for this podcast. <laughs> I'll give it no, 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 it doesn't. Because trust me, we, me and Tyler, have five P of a budget. You know the way the Rock <laughs> Johnson has seven books productions. <laughs> we have five P, right? <laughs> That's all we got. That is we're the five P studio. And a package of crisps. And a package of crisps. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to getting back out there because it's so much funny shit does happen organically. Um, especially when you don't have a budget. That's when it happens the most often. If you have a million pounds to do a bike trip, nothing bad will happen. Everything will just be boring and you'll film it all and you'll come back and you'll be like, no one's going to want to watch this. But if you go, you've got a hundred pounds to do a bike trip, all of a sudden you're going to have helicopter like helicopter rescues. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, you, if you've an old if you have an old bockety bike that has plenty of character to it, it's far from perfect. It's safe, but it's far from perfect. Like, you know, you're, you're going to have some shenanigans. doesn't even and, need like, to you, have a, a bike trip. Yeah. As we've proven. Yeah. Like, look, like, Doyler took a bike that didn't have a registration plate or a saddle on it on the bike trip. I mean, I had a registration plate when I left. But, you know, before <laughs> day one was even finished, it was gone. Like, oh. it was just a corner of it. You could you could make out a two, and that was it. And by the way, guys, that was the first day of another bike trip in Ireland, which ended up with us in Uri. So maybe there's a fucking a bad thing about going to Northern Ireland on bike trips. Yeah, I, think, I think from now on we should just go the low coast road. <laughs> maybe you should come maybe we should drive up to Northern Ireland from the west so we come yeah. up at, we don't want to scare it coming up at, from from Dublin direction because it's too sudden yeah. so that's why <laughs> we have all the bad luck we'll come at it gently from Donegal side you know <laughs> but yeah that, that that was another funny trip um, which we'll get into we'll talk about another day I don't don't remember bad weather being an issue on that one but uh yeah, we'll just go. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know about you, man. Do you want to wrap it up? I'm, I'm uh, we'll call it call it a show or a podcast. Yeah, I, I have nothing else interesting to say. That's for that's... I, I'm not sure if any of it was interesting, but what, what I consider <laughs> interesting, I'm, I'm all out for today. Oh, good stuff. Um, I was gonna say that's the first. You don't have anything is interesting to say. It is, though, because there's normally always a calamity with you and my friend. You know, right. okay, yeah, yeah. interesting they, for you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not interesting for you, but um, yeah, but uh, yeah, anyway, we'll call it there, guys. Um, podcast will be up hopefully during the week. Um, podcast one should be up now. Um, I have uploaded it, hosting podcasts and um, broadcasting podcasts, you know, not as easy as you'd think, mm. but anyway. I will leave it there, guys. Um, I don't have much to add. You know, I think we talked it all out today. Um, Tyler. Toodle pip. Toodle pip. Toodle pips to everyone.